Welcome back. Uh, glad you could join us. We have with us once again the biggest shitbag I've ever met, Gideon. How are you, Gideon? Hey, guys. Thank you for proving my point. Now, <laughs> I got a question. Have you ever heard of a band called Pink Floyd? Pink Floyd, yeah. Okay, you like Pink Floyd? They're good. We need to talk. glad that G could join us again. Uh, it was a pleasure having you last time, and uh, I think this time we're going out of the realm of philosophy and into the realm of Pink Floyd, which is music, it's art, and I think it gives us a, a completely different venue to go towards, while at the same time still being able to follow a lot of the same thought processes. And honestly, I think Pink Floyd is more than music. It's definitely the transformer of music. More than meets the ear. Like Bumblebee? Like Soundwave. Oh. Not like Occam's Prime. That's all the ones I know. How, how about this question? Um, do you have to uh, listen to Pink Floyd high before you really understand them? Vera? Yes. <laughs> Actually, you need to be on Ambien for that one. <laughs> But then it's the greatest song they've ever written. It took me maybe five years to understand Vera. Well worth it. Uh, I don't know Vera. Oh, it's off the wall. Oh, okay, okay. You've heard of the wall? Yeah, yeah, I've heard the wall. Oh. I probably, I probably heard the song and just don't know the uh, the album track. Oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, what do you know about Pink Floyd? What start us off? Well, I want to know uh, y'all's answer to that last question. We had a question. Well, do you have to get high before oh, you oh, understand yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink Floyd, right? Because you don't really hear of many uh, Pink Floyd fans uh, or people who appreciate Pink Floyd who uh, haven't listened to them high at least once, right? Um, and even if we do or have reached a point where we appreciate them and, and like listening to them sober, um, a sort of uh, maybe tied to a connection that we had when on a drug experience and does it reach a new level once you get high yes yeah so i don't quite know i don't think you need drugs for pink floyd to be good i do think it helps because drugs help everything <laughs> and now this is a message to the little kids drugs help everything i mean can't get an erection drugs help it it can get an erection drugs Drugs will help you stop getting erections. <laughs> I've gotten high and listened to Pink Floyd, so I think that kind of rules out the ability for me to say if Pink, if like you need to listen to it in high in order to appreciate it, because how can I judge like not listening to it high when I have listened to it high? Well, I mean, I, I didn't smoke pot until I was like 22, 23. Um... So I had listened to Pink Floyd for a good while sober, um, but I will say that that um, 
know, maybe it, maybe it is in, intangible, but something about it elevated the music. Um, but, you know, it kind of elevates music in general. Would you say that you were, say, noticing more about the music? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, more of what they were getting at. Um, you know, I think it's... Is it, is it well recorded that, you know, they liked drugs as well? No, they did not. Okay, so this gets a little confusing here. Because, you know, obviously Sid Barrett liked drugs a lot. Mm -hmm. They used alcohol. They smoked. Mm-hmm. But as far as the, the harder drugs, mm -hmm. there's no real evidence they were into it. And they said they weren't into it. Mm -hmm. There's evidence that Gil David Gilmore was into coke for a while. Little while. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I think Waters said that he did acid, you know, back in the 60s when Ted Barrett was in the band. And that didn't go so well for him. So as far as we can tell, they weren't like big drug users. Or if they were, it's mostly stims, you know, but not to like produce. It's just for, for the fuck of it. So no marijuana? To be fair, you you said that they smoked and they drank, and we were we were talking about weed. So yeah. the, the real answer to that question would be yeah. Well, not not but marijuana. You wanted to clarify that it wasn't all drugs. Nick yeah, and not marijuana, yeah. as far as we know, not marijuana. Really? Yeah. So you meant cigarettes? Yeah, smoke cigarettes. Says I mean, they smoke uh, and mean cigarettes. I don't. I don't know. Like I, I feel like that's like studio culture. Like, was there any? musical act that was big in the 60s and 70s that didn't smoke weed in the studio. I don't think that Roger Waters could have sung the way he did if he didn't smoke at very least cigarettes. Uh, David Gilmour, he used to be a very, very big cigarette smoker. Mm. He eventually had to quit because his voice was getting way too raspy. And so you actually see a difference in his voice over, I think it's the 70s and 80s, or it might be even 90s, I, I don't quite know when, but you actually oh, see a difference. Oh, the Division Bell. <laughs> Great oh, album. With the Division Bell, you know, especially like Live 8 with the concert he does, mm -hmm. his voice is so silky smooth, like so much smoother than before. It's, it's amazing. That was probably drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that when we, we were talking about the fact that weed, when, when you're smoking it and you're listening to Pink Floyd, it adds something to Pink Floyd. Mm. Personally, I feel like, like all music sounds a little bit better when I'm high because I'm able to really get into it in a more like emotional way even um, the, and like shut my mind off almost and just kind of like feel the music. But Pink Floyd is on a different level than other music. Like, all music's better, but Pink Floyd's, like, ten better versus, if, if you could put a number to it, versus all other music being, like, three better. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think Pink Floyd is, uh, touched on it a second ago, um, but there's a lot of tones in there that aren't uh, necessarily created from one... Uh, individual uh, place like a, a vocal or a guitar or any instrument um, and more so the combination of them and a lot of experimenting with that um, so I think that's where sort of the drugs come into play right you're touching on like those tones that don't really have um, an exact uh, spot but are more of, of uh, summation of other things put together so just to clarify when you say tones what do you mean by tones exactly like emotional tones uh, like tones with sounds oh, I think yeah I think the actual sound tones um, I mean I do agree with the um, emotional part of, of being high and listening to music um, but I I also feel like I, I'm I'm hearing things uh, in a different way uh, and I can um, 
I can generally focus on little specific things, right? So if there's a, a bass line in a song I like or, or whatever, I have a much easier time uh, honing in on that and staying on that, um, picking out individual parts of the music. Uh, and I can also, uh, you know, close my eyes and just let everything flow through me. Mm -hmm. And do you think part of that is maybe... Being high kind of allows you. I don't. I don't want to go with a general kind of stoner kind of thing, but you know, it's like you don't want to do much when you're stoned, right? Yeah. So when you're stoned, you might just be too lazy to like do other things, and music's really good, so you just gotta sit there and analyze it, you know. Whereas if you're listening to it, you know, not stoned, you might be, you know, cleaning or it might yeah, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. You drift off to other places. Hmm. Although uh, a lot of that can come down to whether you're what exactly you're smoking, if you're doing edibles, if it's a sativa or indica, mm -hmm. um, I think all that would would play a role. But we're talking about Pink Floyd, not weed, so we'll save that for another episode. Episode number twenty-five. <laughs> number twenty-five. Number four twenty. Four hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> four hundred twenty. Why not episode four twenty? No, four twenty is way too far. No, out. Season four, episode twenty. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, Goodbye, we're gonna we're gonna start having seasons. This one's summer. <laughs> Spring right now. Oh shit! You're right. I don't know. Okay, Gideon, what's your favorite album? Metal. Really? Yeah. Can you go a little more in depth? Uh, talk about it. Um, I think uh, we were talking earlier, and um, Nate said he really likes animals, um, and I was really big on animals for a while, um, and then I think as I've grown up, I, I've got a, a little bit of a intrigue with pop music, and I find that the early songs on that album are very pop oriented I'm a huge Beatles fan so they've got like a real nice Beatles vibe to them um, the harmonies etc um, but then it's, it, it also has echoes at the end of it right which is sort of that long song vibe feel um, probably one really really well appreciated while high because it, it sort of goes through a lot of uh, different range of emotion but um, it's sort of an album that that the side A and side B of it are, are very different. Is that the album with Seamus? Yes. That song's fucked. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There's a live version of the song where Gilmore actually has a live dog with him. That's oh, that's howls. Great. What yeah. other... Why is that song fucked? What, what, what <laughs> other band has used a dog as an instrument? Besides the Baja Men. Oh, I, Fuck, I was going there. Have you ever heard, um, no. uh, like, uh, Good Morning by the Beatles? Good Morning, Good, good Morning. Good Morning, Good Morning. Yeah, like, like, at the end of that song, they've got, like, a cacophony of animal sounds. Is, is it but really... Is, it, is that, like, an outro, or are they, like, instruments? Like, they use the dog as an instrument. Yeah, I think in Good Morning, it's more of a sound effect. I don't know if it's an instrument. It's more of like an aesthetic, right? I think they're they're trying to... They're still a little close to their blues roots on metal, and they're trying to get that sort of like on your front, front porch vibe to it, right? Like a, an old blues man on his front porch playing Definitely. guitar. Definitely. Is that why dogs are kind of like a meme within the blues kind of genre? Because like... Yeah, like on your porch with the on your porch with the dog, right? Mm -hmm. Dogs howling, and they're just trying to play music. 
I guess like a guitar kind of howls. Yeah. I, I still think that the dog is more like an instrument the same way that a singer's voice is an instrument, and I think they use it in that sense. Are they, what, what they're trying to get at with it and going back to those roots of blues, which, by the way, love bluesy Pink Floyd, but anyway, I, I don't think that changes the fact that it, they still used it as an instrument. You know, I agree with Steve on this for sure. The dog in that song is such an instrument. I think there's other songs where it's more of an effect. Or we can even take songs that use kind of a... If you go on a lot of keyboards, you have a drum set, and a lot of times there'll be a, actually a dog yeah. effect on the key set, or on the key. And you could use that for like a... Uh, you could use that if you wanted to, but it's more like a little uh, cliche it's effect. It's a gimmick, right? Yeah, it's a gimmick. It's not really like... You might see it even on a popular song, but, you know, it's a gimmick, obviously. Well, like, how about, like, a song, um, you know, I, I listen to a, a good deal, like, older music, and maybe in, like, some of these, like, sad songs or songs with sadder themes, uh, they have, like, the sound of rain, right, playing through it. It's like, could we say that the rain is, like, an instrument in the in the same way? If they're using it as an instrument, absolutely. I mean, this might be a little artistic in itself, but I think it's more of a setting than an instrument. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how I feel about the dog in, in Seamus, is, like, I don't I don't know, like, if he's, like, he's not necessarily, like, hitting song, hitting notes that are, like, in key, right? It's 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 sort of like a dog, like, howling along while, while you play the song. You don't need to be in key to be an instrument. <laughs> well, yeah, but to, but to be like to be an instrument like in the song, right? Um, any other sense, right? If they were like close miking that dog or something, um, it would sound a lot more awkward. So where the mic is dictates whether it's an instrument or not. Well, no, just like how how it's introduced in the production, right? Um, it's it's not. Um, the 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 sound bites of the dog in that song are not uh, done in the same way that the vocals and the guitar are done. So you're saying that their intention was not to have it say be an instrument, rather a additional kind of overlay, an aesthetic. And yeah. yeah, okay, kind of like a, like kind of like with the aesthetic example, it's more of a setting to the yeah. That's a good point. Exactly, right it's like the you know the rain or um, you know sometimes they do it with um, they might play it with a guitar. Right, um, but you know, like something like um, like the helicopter sounds and like saucer full of secrets and, and stuff like that. It's more aesthetic. I'm using it like an aesthetic, like futuristic sound. Uh, agree to disagree at this point. <laughs> um, what what's your favorite song? And it may not even be off of the same album. Let me let me think about that for a second. Nico Nathan? first. Nathan? Okay, I'll give my own. It's going to be Dogs off of, you know, Animals, of dogs, course. Yeah. And the thing I really love about that one song is the drag down by the stone, the stone, the stone. It goes on for like three minutes. And it's it's a part that I, when I first listened to it, I'm like, what what the fuck is this shit? I mean, yeah. what is going on? Like, why why are they doing this? And then you smoke some pot. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's three minutes hyperbolic. I I think it is. I think it was probably like maybe thirty a seconds. Bit. Maybe like a two two minutes. It, it, well, maybe I haven't heard it. Long. You can also hear like the the early working of the wall 
in that in that song. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Very Wallace, uh, especially uh, Sheep. Yeah, Sheep. Uh, after that album, it's it's very Wallace. It's like the uh, it sounds almost like the part where uh, we need to get out to prison, you know, from mm-hmm. of of uh, was it Run? And, and Animals is your favorite album. Yeah, so, so the favorite song happens to come off of your favorite album. Yeah, they they go inside. The comfortably numb is also a mm-hmm. high up there because. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this way. I made a whole full voice clever of that song. And it's amazing, by the way. It sounds it sounds just like it from the guitar standpoint. And then you got a, a, a professional singer to do that part as well. And you guys added in your own guitar solos. And it absolutely rocks your socks off. That was quite the sell. And you can find it somewhere. At soundclub.com slash npeppin or just peppin. Hashtag shameless. It will be in the description. There, what is this? A fucking yeah. YouTube video? There ain't no description, bitch. There no, will, no, no, oh, no. there will be. No, no, no. Oh. It's, it's podcast. Okay. So podcast, you can have an RF description in there. Oh, where do you put it? All right. Um, I want to give two answers, right? Because I don't want to. I don't want to cop Nate's, but um, it reminded me the one that I, I used to always say it was uh, pigs. Three different ones. Um, and it's Careful. off animals. Like I said, I went through a, a real big animals phase. Um, there's something about that, uh, song, specifically the motif, um, right. Um, but if, if, um, the other one I would go with is, uh, Fearless off of, uh, Metal. I was trying to think of that name earlier. And that's, that's one that's very kind of soft. Yeah. It's got the, the Liverpool fans yeah, singing yeah, at it, the end. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know, that's one of the few times I feel like I'll flip it from a song. Yeah. I was kind of like, fuck yeah. Now, are the Liverpool fans um, uh, used, like, are, are they an instrument? No, they yeah, are not. That is setting. an aesthetic. That is, like, that is like an artistic sort of thing to it, because like, it, it fades out into that, and they're singing a completely different song. Are vocals an instrument? Yes. So why is the crowd not an instrument? Because they are, you kind of feel like the crowd is there during your song, you know, after a couple, first couple times you've heard it, and then they kind of, you know, pipe up a little bit. Well, I mean, like, imagine, like, say, another brick in the wall, right? The chorus is is singing the song, they're, they're, it's the same chord structure, the same lyrics, right? So, clearly, they're, they're more, like, a part of the, the arrangement, the composition, whereas here, um... The Liverpool fans, they're singing, um, what's what's that Liverpool song, Never Walk Alone, right, by um, old old Rodgers and Hammerstein song. Old Greg. Old Greg, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's like fading out as an aesthetic. It doesn't really match the, the rest of the song, per se, in terms of um, chord structure and, um, and sound. But just just to kind of not change subjects, but Steve, why exactly would you call it a instrument in this case? I mean, are you just trying to get out if it you know, why isn't an aesthetic or why isn't an instrument? If, is, do you have an argument for why it might be say an instrument? I, I guess I don't understand your definition of an aesthetic versus an instrument. To me, anything that's creating uh, that's that's an individual sound that is following along with the music or adding to the music in some way, be it adding uh, something that's, um, uh, what, what word did you use? Like the, the scenery or? 
Yeah, the setting. The setting, yeah. Like, if it's adding to, to the setting, that's... Uh, I mean, it's not, like, a one short little sound clip, like the glass shattering and uh, whatever the name of that song is from the wall where he throws the TV out the window. <laughs> that's a sound effect. But when it's something that's actually going along with the song and adding something to it, that, to me, is an instrument. Well, I think that's the, the difference is, like, it's more of... Um... It's more on the, like the literary side of music, right? Where it's more of a poetic statement than part of the melody. Um, okay, I came up with a good analogy for my, you know, definition definition of this Elise. So imagine someone makes like an art piece, right? Like a painting, right? So the work of art is obviously the painting, right? And that's the instrument to which the piece is carried. Now, where you put that piece of art matters a lot. So if you put that in, say, a professional art gallery, it might look good. You might put it around on a yellow wall. You could put it in some kind of, uh, on the street, on the wall, you know. And you could put it on a beach. Mm. So where you put it kind of changes the impact of the art. And it's not that the setting is irrelevant to the piece, but it kind of changes, enhances, it adds to it. The setting isn't the piece itself. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say that uh, you brought up rain earlier. Let's say that you are, you have rain in the background of a song, you're uh, saying that's that's a setting. Yes. Yeah. I I don't think it's like part of like the that that song would work without it, right? It would still be um, the the parts of it that are appealing would still exist without that setting present. But you're taking something out of the song. Well, I mean, like, uh, this one specifically, Fearless, right? If you take out the Liverpool uh, fans at the end, it still works. But it's it like, changes it. Fundamentally, it changes it. I mean, it, it changes, like, the the flow, but I don't think it changes... Like, when they play that song live, right, they can't have all the Liverpool fans following them around, but it still works. I think, to go on my analogy again... Uh, it's like, imagine you have a beautiful painting, and you put it, you know, where the ocean is, right? That painting might not, not look very good with the ocean. You might have another painting that looks fantastic with the ocean, right? Now, let's imagine another setting, you know, say, like I said, on a street corner or something. You know, the painting might look very, very cool with that street corner right there. Now, does the painting look cool without, street, without the street corner in, say, some neutral setting? Yeah, it probably does. It's enjoyable, and it's by itself, and the pieces, it's, you know, the painting itself... But putting it in a different setting might enhance or detract from it. I argue that if you're purposely thinking about the setting of the piece of art, it is a part of the piece of art. I mean, I think I think here it's almost like a matter of of post production, right? Uh, that when that song was composed, it wasn't like oh, we need the outro. Like they didn't like play that outro of the Liverpool fans singing and be like, all right, here's how the song goes. Like when they wrote that song, pen to paper, the chord changes, etc. The lyrics, uh, it wasn't like and end with the Liverpool fans. And how do you know that? How do you know that wasn't part of it? Okay, so uh, to get to get back to my question, so you're saying that rain is a setting. Now, what if you have the exact same thing, but instead of physical rain, you have an instrument that sounds like rain? Is it then an instrument, like a rain stick? Exactly. Is it then an instrument, or is it still it, a setting? It depends. It's all uh, contextual. It's sort of like. Uh, 
Nate's analogy, right? I, I still argue if you're purposely putting it in, if you're purposely putting a painting in a specific colored wall because you know that'll add something to it, the wall becomes a part of the piece. Uh, okay, let's go with another analogy. Because I, I agree with the general point you're making, Steve, for certain, which is that they're practicing the piece as one artistic thing. But the other the other analogy, analogy I was going to go with is let's imagine you buy a product, right? And you open up the product, and it's got some very nice packaging, very functional packaging, and you really like the packaging, and it definitely enhances the product, right? But you know, you're not, you're not, you know, you didn't buy the product for the packaging. The packaging is kind of, uh, you know, an add-on to it. I have definitely. First off, I have definitely bought products for their packaging because I don't want to have to own a pair of scissors to open a pair of scissors if you know what i mean like sometimes they have those clamshell ones that are impossible to open and you like need a pair of scissors to open them but uh, beyond that like i think that though that's apples and oranges i don't think that's the same thing i i mean i guess the question here is like musically does it work without it and i think most things uh in almost every direction it points to yes right and you know they play that song live and it works and it sounds great and they don't they don't need that same now they were going for a, a specific angle right when they included that on the album um but when it's excluded it's not like the piece feels bare it, you know that that's like a it's an add-on it's not the the meat of it it's not about how much does it change it. It's about the fact that it changes it all to me. So like, mm. it, like it, would this, would the X song sound good without the baseline? It, it might very well sound good without the baseline, but is it going to sound as good as if you had the baseline and, <laughs> and the piece as a whole, when it's put together, they add those things for a reason. If there's no reason to add it, then it's not a part of the piece. I, I mean, I, I think like the baseline is like, a, that's something like a little more critical and intended, right? Well, to go on to the previous point about what's the instrument versus what's the setting or, you know, an effect. The bass is obviously an instrument and adds something musically to the piece. Now, you could say a you know a setting or like a rain of, you know rain sound effects add something artistically to it, add something to an enjoyment of it, the packaging of it, or just the you know you know just added to it. But it doesn't actually have a musical component to it. There's no like pitch. There's no tonality. There's no rhythm. There's no. Of course there is. You could have fast rain, slow rain, heavy rain. Like you could have fucking snow sound effects. Like what does snow sound? Like? Sounds like like <laughs> like chimes tinkling. Like real. My 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 point is that just because it's not a traditional instrument doesn't mean it's not an instrument. And I, I think that fundamentally we're getting down to semantics and the definition of what an instrument really is. But I think instru like your traditional instruments can set a, uh, can set the stage the same way that adding in something like rain can do. Yeah. See, I'm tempted to agree with you because I agree with you on, say, the abstract level. But on the practical level, you know, if someone said, oh, yeah, I made this nice arrangement here and just, like, recorded some rain and, you know, gave me the song. Like, no, this is rain. This isn't a song. This isn't, you know. It couldn't stand on its own. If they added rain to a song, I might say, this sounds cool. This sounds good. Or I might say, you need a better backdrop for this. You know, you're putting it to the wrong kind of setting. I would never listen to just a bare drum track. 
Well, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do, right? I, I will say that's a good point, though. That's a good, that's a good counter-argument. That's so, all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said it's good, so I'm going to stop. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And um, do we want to agree to disagree? Well, I mean, there's more to talk on. We, we, sure. we might come back to this, because that was a good point, and I don't quite have an answer. But anyway, we'll come back to that, because, you know, we, of course, need to talk. Oh!